0: But we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. Uh, this week, we're going to call her a movie minion. Oh, okay. Melissa Kirscher. Hello! Hi, there's only two of us. Yes. This is weird. Yeah. Which means one of us has not seen... The movie that we're about to watch that is correct Tim. now if, if somebody was listening to the podcast a lot they would think the odds are that person would be me
1: and and in fact it was when we did f uh, for fake
0: it was but this time it's we are me. doing the great race and who has not seen the great race i have not seen the great race you have not seen the great race i know so that means you have to tell us what you know about the great race. Okay. Okay. Um, I think for a long
1: time I conflated it in my brain with "It's a Mad 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 World," which is also a, a a big race film of kind of the same era. So I don't think I ever. I actually I'm pretty sure I've never watched it. So um, I do know it's in mid sixties, and okay. uh, I believe it is directed by Blake Edwards.
0: Uh huh. Okay,
1: and it has a connection to Princess Bride, which is how you <laughs> said we should that watch. That is true. It. <laughs> it's which, true. Which I believe is Peter Falk. Peter Falk. Okay. Yes. Yes. And um, I can confirm. And and I presume there is a, a race that involves a a lot of different vehicles, possibly including
0: a uh, hot air balloon. Possibly including a hot air balloon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I, I'll confirm the Blake Edwards bit. That okay, is true. Excellent. It's definitely a Blake Edwards film. I believe it is the first time that we have watched a Blake Edwards film. I
1: think you're correct on that.
0: And Blake Edwards, I mean, I, 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 I kind of think of Blake, Blake Edwards as a maker of madcap comedies. Although uh, he also made some films like Victor Victoria and 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 a few other movies that maybe weren't quite as madcap. Yes. But uh, certainly in the '60s and early '70s, that what uh, did he do? Mad, Mad, Mad World, or that was no, uh, no, 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 it was no. somebody else. Anyway,
1: no, he did, um, he did the Pink Panther movies. He did the Pink Panther movies. He did uh, ten. Mm-hmm. With the, didn't he direct Arthur? Was that? Was I that think him? he may have. Okay,
0: I think he may have. We'll have yeah. to we'll have to do some additional research. Yeah, knowing stuff at the beginning of the show isn't important. It's yes. only later that we have to know stuff. Uh, but so, I didn't I did not bring trivia this time because it's my job right now to be a new I know and that means I've got to do the trivia, which uh-huh. means uh, work. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, this sucks. So um but uh, it it's a very long movie. It's about three hours long. So mm-hmm. if you're uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you're like, Oh, I'm gonna go watch the movie, you should plan uh some extra time. Maybe that's also the <clears throat> reason why I conflated it with Mad 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 World. It could be. Because that's also it is a long movie, and this one star-studded, although probably not as star-studded as Mad, 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 Mad World, Mad, 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 Mad Max World, Mad Max World. But it has a Peter Falk in it, and it also has Jack Lemmon in it. Ooh, and it has Tony Curtis. Okay, and it has Natalie Wood. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, so uh, you know, quite a quite a, a group of uh, fairly well-known celebrities at the time the film was made, and perhaps even now, mm-hmm. they're fairly well-known. Although they're all, you know, dead.
1: Maybe not all of them.
0: Well, the Most ones of we them mentioned: are. Peter, yeah. Peter yeah. Falk, and yeah, very Tony Curtis, and Jack Lemmon, and Natalie Wood are all. Yeah,
1: they're all very dead. dead.
0: Blake Edwards might be the only one still alive. I, I thought
1: Blake Edwards. Did died he die? I,
0: I'm not sure. I, I you need I to think, do your homework, Tim. I think I need to do my homework. <laughs> I can't. He, he did not. If he died, it wasn't too long ago.
1: Yeah, I. I um, I'm he might sure have outlived
0: almost all of them. Yeah, but uh, nonetheless. So we're gonna watch this. It, it is a, a very silly movie. It's a weird movie, and it, I, I'll talk more about the weirdness of it later. But uh, but it is it is silly. It's got a really good cast, and it is a lot of fun. So we're gonna go off. We're gonna watch the Great Race, uh, Melissa, for the first time. Me for the more than first time. I don't know. Probably mm-hmm. about the tenth. Anyway, we'll be back. I hope you enjoy the Great Race. <laughs> And we are back. Many cannons have been fired. Many cars have been destroyed. And we have watched The Great Race. Just me and Melissa, just the <laughs> yeah, two of yeah. us. And, and my son, Devin, but he's not here.
1: Yeah. But, well, but he, he was.
0: Watched, and he watched the whole movie. He's he He's just not here to record with us. So, yeah. Melissa, you need to tell us what you thought of The Great Race.
1: Okay. So, the first time I ever saw Mad, 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 Mad World was when my mother rented it from the video store when I was a little kid. And... And she said, Oh, and there's this guy, and he's dressed all in white, and he smiles, and there's this little little star on his <laughs> on his teeth. And and I'm like, oh boy. And then she puts it in the player, and none of that was true. No, that and, doesn't and, happen. And so it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me. My mom conflated <laughs> this movie with Mad Mad, Mad Mad World. And only now do I realize, like thirty-five, thirty-eight years later. What movie she was expecting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah. And
1: boy, it was fun. Yeah. It was really fun. Um, it, I mean, I've seen other Blake Edwards movies, and the sillier ones, it always takes me a while to get into them, because mm-hmm. it's like, wow, I'm watching a live-action uh, Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Kind of. Yeah. like. In
0: fact. Yeah,
1: in fact. It in turned fact, into, you actually are. Yeah, because it turned into Wacky Races.
0: <laughs> it did. Yes. <laughs> Professor Fade and Max, all the characters in mm-hmm. The Great Race were the inspiration. Because it was like for...
1: Penelope Pitstop.
0: And that's, that's uh, and... the Natalie Wood character.
1: And Muttley?
0: Muttley is Max. No, or is Muttley... Yeah, Muttley's Max.
1: We need Kelvin Um, here.
0: Mr. Kelvin Hatley. Yeah, he'd remember. He would know. He would would remember. Um, I'm I'm actually pulling it up. Uh, (laughs) Dick (laughs) Dick Dastardly was Professor Fate and Muttley was Max. Penelope Pitstop is based on Maggie Dubois and Peter Perfect was the great Leslie. That's
1: right. So anyway, it took me a little while to get into it, but once we got into the second half and... And suddenly we have Jack Lemon in a second role. I know. <laughs> and he's the best. It is the best. And oh, it's my the,
0: God. <laughs> and it's, it's like there, there's this race that at one point turns into a Western. Yeah. At another point turns into the Prisoner of Zenda. Yeah. It's, it's just like there are so many different movies in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> It, it it's such a kitchen sink kind of film. There there's fencing and confetti
1: and I'm all, I'm sad we saw the pig farmer twice because I was really hoping
0: for the rule of 3 on that mm, one. Yeah, that's a Cause, shame. Because I did that, I that, did
1: laugh real hard when the pig farmer came back. And
0: and of course there's the Daredevil bit at the beginning. Yeah, you know, it all starts so uh, starts out with the like you know, turn of the century Daredevil barnstormer kind mm-hmm. of stuff and then <laughs> it turns into a race. <laughs> Um, and that
1: that must be the roomiest straight jacket I've ever seen. It
0: seemed pretty roomy. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It
1: had like empire
0: sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's just and and you know then there's the whole emancipation. Subplot. Oh, the, uh, Natalie
1: Wood's emancipation speech. I thought was hilarious. And and men and women can emancipate each other and blah blah. You know her whole thing in the report in the yes. newspaper office. I love it. Yes. And. Uh, I am
0: mystified by how many
1: dresses she somehow has managed to take Mm. with her. Well, Um,
0: yeah, she has. We we have the number of costume changes here. And
1: they're by Edith Head. Mm
0: -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And bravo for that. 19 wardrobe changes. (laughs) 19 wardrobe changes by Natalie Wood, which included adding the military jacket over the pink and white corset set. So that was one of the 1919 uh, yeah. 19 wardroom changes over the course of she did well and uh, <laughs> I watching it this time, of course, I see her in a Sentinel car, and of course, everybody's car has mm-hmm. all these supplies because they're yeah. going to be on this long journey, and it's fascinating because in her car, there are a bunch of hat boxes. yes, <laughs> and you're just like, "Oh, well, she needs different hats for every day." Of
1: course, and so many pigeons
0: a lot of yeah. pigeons.
1: I, I I do like it's
0: the infinite box of pigeons. It is, <laughs> because they don't come back to you. No, they're you? always outgoing. I mean, do they do, like, deliver along the way? You know, like in barracho, are there additional pigeons that the Sentinel has maybe sent
1: on? Maybe they're picking up pigeons like gasoline. It, know,
0: could it could be. It could be. And once they get to Europe, I just don't think you can use homing pigeons anymore because they can't get... Across the Atlantic, yeah. So, I—I I mean, yeah. well, again, you know, we're pulling the strings, and pretty soon the whole movie falls apart. <laughs> I
1: like, love that this is where it unravels <laughs> for us. Is the, the pigeons? pigeons. <laughs> the rest of it make, <laughs> makes makes one hundred percent total sense. <laughs> perfect sense. That that iceberg for one thing, <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, that polar bear was way too far west yeah yeah.
0: well, and the other thing is you know if the polar bear was able to get back to land, they they weren't that far. No, I mean, they really weren't. You could see land, yeah, from where they were
1: mm-hmm.
0: at the beginning. they had to make an actual decision, I guess we'll just stay on this iceberg. Yeah, I presume it's because they didn't want to hurt the cars, but I would think that you could have pulled the iceberg back. Y- or, I mean they're big, they're heavy, I don't know. Because
1: there there was a grappling hook that came out of nowhere. Leslie at one point. Leslie
0: had a grappling hook. Yeah, and Leslie seems like the kind of guy that just you know <laughs> has what he needs. Yes, and it's all bright white. Yes, all and of it. All of it, just shiny, sparkling white, mm-hmm. glints in the sun like him. mm mm-hmm. and, uh, and he was he,
1: so shiny when he took his shirt off.
0: <laughs> he was very shiny. It's very shiny. I uh, you know it's interesting to watch you know because Tony Curtis was a. Um, was a was a sex symbol at the oh, yeah. time. Uh and uh apparently uh, not just a sex symbol, he he apparently was quite the ladies man in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And uh he he is not built like what we consider sex symbols to look like now. No, which no. is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. The change in how we, you know, say going to Chris Hemsworth as Thor yeah versus, you know, Tony Curtis could have been Thor.
1: Can you imagine can you imagine Tony Curtis standing next to Jason Momoa? I know <laughs> right? It's just like wow, that's yeah our our views of that totally have
0: different as mm-hmm. opposed to like Natalie Wood, who is a tiny, tiny woman. Yeah, she was like five foot two. Mm-hmm. Um, and very funny. Oh, she was uh, she was very talented. She's a hoot, a uh, really talented actress. She started performing in film when she was just a kid. I mean, mm-hmm. she was in Miracle on 34th Street at like That's age right. nine, um, and uh, and and then started movies. Up into, and we get we get by the way when we start talking actors we do get a, a, a an untimely death we get a tragic death
1: yeah and that's From this Natalie movie, Wood. that's
0: Natalie Wood but we shouldn't go there yet but I mean the point is that she was a she was really funny in this movie yes <laughs> um, you know and and when you consider how funny Jack Lemon is in this oh, movie God <laughs> the fact that Natalie Wood can kind of hold her own with Jack Lemon just Chomping scenery, yeah, left, right, and center, and Peter Falk, yeah, chomping scenery, left, right, and center. It,
1: it took me; it actually took me a while to recognize Jack Lemmon. You know, longer than it should have because I <laughs> knew he was one of the leads in the movie. I was like, that. Oh my god, that's Jack Lemmon because you know with the mustache and he's so over the top, and
0: the way he's and, and, the way he carries his body and he's and his yelling. Face.
1: All the time, because <laughs> I mean, there there's so many Jack Lemon roles where he's just kind of the, the quiet little Nebushi man. Yeah, you and know, the apartment. The apartment is, is, is wonderful. It's like
0: imagining that same actor being Professor Fate. Yeah, and uh,
1: being super broad, and and then you get him in that second role, which is
0: equally out, equally there. broad in and, a totally different way. Yeah. Watching I the way he the watch watching the way he he changes his body body carriage mm-hmm. to be the two characters I mean even, even even when they're covered in pies yeah you can tell the difference between the two Jack Lemon characters. Mm-hmm. they're covered in pies and they're we- wearing basically the same outfit yes yeah. the same pink long underwear <laughs> yep and they're the same guy yep with the same mustache but it's like oh that's professor fate mm-hmm. And that's the prince. Yep. And I know which one's which just because of the way they, they stand and they move. And, yeah, you, you really kind of get an amazing picture of who Jack Lemon is as an actor in this one film mm-hmm. where he's playing so broadly but still managing to find a lot of nuance between two characters on the screen at one point. Um, and And the only reason that – Peter,
1: I mean that Peter Falk isn't s- stealing every scene he's in is because he's next to Jack Lemon, <laughs> in
0: yeah. most of those scenes. And what, when we consider the the four leads, I mean they're all just great. Yeah. And as wacky and crazy as this movie is, mm-hmm. the fact that all four of them just really nail what they're doing. You know, Tony Curtis is basically the straight man, but he he nails the straight man. Mm-hmm. Exceptionally well, and it, it. And when when you need another straight man, we
1: have Keenan Wynn on backup, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who I adore, I love Keenan
0: Win. Even if so he's much. yeah, and he's kind of the you know he's the fifth wheel sort of yeah person in this whole affair because even even the great Leslie, in his own way, is kind of wacky, mm-hmm. you know and. And it's interesting because you know obviously this is a '60s film, and its its idea of feminism is is uh, you know not not perfect, right? Uh, certainly, but it doesn't suggest for a moment that Leslie's opinion of feminism is a good perspective, right? Per se, even as it's being critical of uh Ms. Dubois's perspective on feminism, it mm-hmm. certainly isn't suggesting that Leslie's point of view is any more uh acceptable. So it's it's kind of interesting there that Leslie has he's not perfect. Right. Um there's the suggestion at the beginning that he's perfect, but but we start to see that he's got his own biases mm-hmm. that are not altogether good. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then you got again <laughs> Jack Lemmon and yes. Peter Falk and and Natalie Wood just completely tearing it up. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and a lot of pies. Boy, when they walked into the bakery room, I went, "Oh, here we are." This is this is like when I when I think of Blake Edwards, this is pretty much
0: mm-hmm. what I think of. the uh, pie fight. Yes, lasted four minutes. Uh huh. And was shot over five days. It is the longest pie fight in movie history. That's amazing. It's <laughs> <laughs> and and
1: the, the time... I love that they ride that joke of, of Tony Curtis not getting any pie on him for the longest time. I know. He's just in the middle of that room, not a speck. And then when he gets hit by a pie, it's also white.
0: And that was apparently uh, very difficult... Yes. Uh, There were a lot of shots where Tony Curtis got pies on him, which is one of the reasons it took five days to film. I imagine. Because they had to keep shooting with uh, Tony Curtis not having pies on his face. (laughs) Um, And uh, and apparently the pie fight scene was was dangerous to film. Natalie Wood actually choked on a pie once because she was Mm -hmm. inhaling when she got hit. Oh, my God. Um, Jack Lemon was actually. Well, that's like a precursor to how she died. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> well, we'll get no. more on that in a little bit. Oh, no. Jack oh. Lemon got knocked out <laughs> from oh, <my> getting... <laughs> God, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> Um, they apparently had a lot of fun with it at first, but by the last day they were all like, Oh my God, more pies.
1: I was in a pie fight once and yeah, they're kind of difficult, oddly enough.
0: Yes. Uh, pies are, I, I have never been in a pie fight myself, but know a strange number of people who have been in hit pie by fight. pies. And mm-hmm. one of the things they always talk about is that when you're getting hit by a pie, make sure you're exhaling, Yep. not inhaling. Yep. That's pretty much the worst thing you can do when getting struck by a pie. So, listeners, in in case you didn't care about the movie at all, you're learning something else right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Exhale when you get hit by a pie.
1: Also, it's really hard to wash pie out of your hair in the bathroom of a movie theater.
0: Uh, Another good thing to know.
1: Oh, and, and also, if you're in a pie fight, wash every article of clothing. I... A couple of days after the pie fight, I kept smelling just something foul every once in a while. I was like, God, what the hell is that? And then I realized it's my shoelaces. My shoelaces had like rotting milk smell because of the damn cream pies. <laughs> so I had to wash my shoelaces.
0: More more yeah. pie advice. Uh, yeah. And uh, when, yeah. the, when yeah. they were done shooting the pie fight, when when Blake Edwards said cut the final time, he got pelted with like 100 pies. Yes. Perfect. So perfect. So Blake Edwards did get his uh pie uppence <laughs> as it were at the end of that spectacular pie fight. Um <laughs> and and
1: before I forget, we have watched a Blake Edwards movie for this podcast. Did we? We did Breakfast at Tiffany's.
0: That's right, we did watch Breakfast at Tiffany's. Which
1: did not have near the level of silliness that this movie had. It didn't. Uh, at Although least that's a pretty good like Idea of the range that he worked in, you know, this is very, very silly. And so, like, this is on the level of the like the Pink Panther movies, but he also did mm-hmm. more serious comedy, like. Breakfast
0: and I Nintendo believe Christmas. I'm trying to look it up. I, I found this earlier, but I don't write down notes like you do. So, uh, <laughs> I think it was uh, Jack Lemon who was actually up for the lead in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, I,
1: yeah, I think you're right. They they had a few people up for that lead before. What's his nose B- got it?
0: George Pappard George, George. Was it is that am I am I remembering it right I have to look Yeah yeah
1: it up. And not, I'm totally blanking at the
0: moment. Yeah. And Blake Edwards he did pass away. He he died in 19 2010. 2010 yeah yes. it was recent. Yes. And so not too terribly long ago. He was married to Julie Andrews. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those, you know, when you look at some of these other Actors in this film, actually. Yeah. Tony Curtis was married, I don't know, eight times or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was Natalie Wood who was married eight times. Anyway. I, mean, I think
1: she only went through a couple husbands.
0: Yeah. Uh, but uh, Tony Curtis went through uh, a few. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack Lemmon had a few, Why uh, was married a few times. But uh, Blake Edwards was pretty much only married once. And mm-hmm. that was to Julie Andrews. And they were married until his death.
1: And that's like a power couple there.
0: That was a power couple, yeah. Um, we should watch
1: Victor Victoria at some point.
0: We should because yeah. that's Black Edwards plus Julie Andrews. Yeah. I don't know that we we have we haven't done Sound of Music, have we? No we have. not And we haven't done uh Mary Poppins. Nope. So I don't think we've done a uh, Julie Andrews really. I mean she has other films yeah, she than has those two, but yeah. if we were going to do a film because of Julie Andrews, would would probably be one of those. One yeah. of one of those two. Mm-hmm. But uh, nonetheless, um <laughs> Uh, Blake Edwards, uh, I mean, he had a very long career. He was making movies up until just a little while. Yeah. Before his death. Um, and really focused on comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, this, you know, I, I was talking about him doing a lot of broad comedy, but this might be about the broadest, wackiest, slapstick comedy. It was it was his um his uh, homage to silent film. Yeah, you know the the dedication at the beginning is to uh, Laurel and Hardy, mm-hmm. Stan and Ollie, and uh, he you know just the way the credits are in the beginning, you know, and the way the music is is starts with just the piano, mm-hmm. um, is very much a, an homage to to the silent films, and a lot of the the slapstick comedy is is very much kind of silent film era. Yeah comedy inspired by it and and certainly the bar fight <laughs> which just i mean it's about as long and ridiculous as the pie fight yeah um and i and we should know texas jack
1: oh yeah 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 yeah
0: um in that <laughs> film who i believe is the last surviving actor from oh, really from the film uh so larry storch yes what who played name. yeah isn't that a great name Larry Storch. Yes, he's still alive. He oh, he is? is? The, okay. He is the last surviving actor as of this recording huh. from The Great Race. And uh, he and Tony Curtis actually uh, served together in World War II and were really good friends mm-hmm. for their entire career. So um, then Tony Curtis, the interesting thing I, I discovered about Tony Curtis when doing your job <laughs> was that uh, Tony Curtis was actually about a mile from where the Japanese surrendered. And he was serving on a submarine and mm-hmm. he said with his with binoculars, he could see the Japanese surrender oh. taking place.
1: Oh, that's cool. Um, I did and I know that.
0: And he and Larry Storch met in World War II. They had a they had a lifelong friendship and of course they beat each other up in this movie. <laughs> or they try to. They really don't get a lot of time. They're they're yeah. fighting through other people to get to each other. Yeah. But um so that was an interesting connection that these two actors were really kind of best friends. And they they ended up in this in this crazy movie, <laughs> in this bar fight, <laughs> trying to fight one another but not pulling it off. Um and uh, Now
1: give me room to fight. Now,
0: now give me some fighting room. Now give me
1: some fighting room.
0: And he just kept getting punched.
1: <laughs> the, oh, and as long as we're on that scene, what the hell was that musical number? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I'm st- I started listening to the lyrics and I was like, what the hell is this? Because it's like this jaunty, happy tune about this woman basically getting abused.
0: But then, you know, fighting back, which is great. Well, yeah, strange. she doesn't get, she, yeah. as soon as, as soon as he swings on, basically saying, as soon as the dude punches her, she kills him.
1: Yeah. Which which, which is great. I,
0: I don't, I don't know that, that that's a bad message. No, it's
1: not, but, but um, I don't, <laughs> it's, it's it's so jaunty. <laughs>
0: Um, and I think the another thing that's interesting about this movie, it's based on an actual race. Oh yeah, I that took that. place. Uh, which it had there were six entrants that started in New York City and raced westward to Paris, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the the stops are all basically accurate. So wow. the route is even though that they're they're fictional. Mm-hmm. Um, because Baracho is not a real town. No. Uh, it's actually a Spanish for drunkard. <laughs>
1: Makes sense. Yeah. Uh,
0: and uh, I don't think Potsdorf. I'm pretty sure it's not. Is real. Uh, the thing that, that I, I mentioned while we were watching it that is real, Natalie Wood was Russian mm-hmm. and could speak Russian fluently. So in the scene where she speaks Russian, she's totally not faking that. That's the real deal. That's the real deal. <laughs> Uh, and there was actually a, a role she had later in in her career where she she was cast because she could speak fluent russian mm-hmm. um and so she was cast as a as a character that that spoke russian
1: i feel like i should know what that movie is
0: uh i could pull it up uh but i'm not going to right now yeah that's all right cuz uh we will we'll do <laughs> that later i've forever. actually i've actually seen one of the one of the hannibal 8 cars
1: Oh, really? Where yes. is
0: it? was. It, it's not there anymore, but for a short while, they had it on display at uh, Hollywood Studios at Disney World oh. as part of a, a display on the Great Race. So there were a bunch of props okay. from the Great Race, and one of the props that they had was a Hannibal 8. There were eight Hannibal 8s. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, maybe that's why they... Sorry, six. My bad. Six. There were six Hannibal 8s. That mm-hmm. That's less less interesting, but...
1: Well, maybe there were eight but they are never mind <laughs>
0: um you know and uh and apparently the the lifting mechanism was the biggest issue
1: yeah that hiding a scissor lift underneath there and making it drive yeah it must be must have been tricky
0: uh, I think there were up there there were like three of them that were up and three of them that were down, or one of them could actually do the the lift m- movement, but it couldn't actually be driven. Okay. Um, you know. So <laughs> so they, they found ways to to make it work. <laughs> wow. Um we should mention Henry Mancini. Yes we should. Who did the score for this. He, of course, also did the score for the Pink Panther films. And Breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast at Tiffany's. So he, we've, we've heard about him before. And he, he, in this one, worked a lot of, like, popular sort of patriotic music. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are lines from, like, Dixie and Hail to the Chief and Star-Spangled Banner sort of mixed into the race music that they're playing all the time. He also is not alive. um, Yeah. Except for Larry Storch. Pretty much everybody involved on this film is no longer alive.
1: All the pugs dead.
0: Yep. Those pugs are definitely (laughs) dead. dead. Definitely dead.
1: But they were awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Jack Lemon with those pugs in both roles. Awesome. I I hate you. I hate you.
0: <laughs> and Jack Lemon owned dogs. I believe he owned, because yeah. he, I think, I don't know, I, I could be wrong about what kind of dogs they were. I know he owned tiny dogs because while he was in Minnesota filming Grumpy Old Men, mm-hmm. I, I knew some people who encountered Jack Lemon walking his dogs. His tiny, tiny his dogs. His tiny dogs, <laughs> his little dogs. And I think they were pugs. So I don't, I don't know that these dogs were Jack Lemon's dogs. Probably not.
1: Maybe that's where he got. All of his dogs.
0: But maybe that's he he like
1: maybe said, Hey, these, these cute pugs are cute. I should I w- have some. I want all the pugs. And I want all the pugs.
0: Yeah. All the pugs. So but, um, um,
1: apparently not the great Danes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and uh yeah, all the both the, the Leslie special was and the Hannibal 8 were real cars built mm-hmm. for the movie. They both still exist. Uh, and uh, you can find them in di- various places. The the Leslie special and one of the Hannibal Eights you can find in Chesterfield, Michigan. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Autographed by Tony Curtis, Natalie Wood, Jack Lemmon, and Peter Falk. So yes. go and check that out if you're in Michigan. Mm-hmm.
1: Land of cars.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and car museums.
0: Uh Natalie Wood and Tony Curtis. This was the third film they did together, and they apparently did not like each other at all. Really? Yes. <laughs> uh, I could not find much additional information about this other than uh the fact that she really didn't like Tony Curtis hmm. very much at all. Um and apparently didn't like Jack Lemon much okay. at all. Wow. Um and yeah, we we so Natalie Wood. Let's, yeah, let's talk, talk a bit, about let's Natalie. talk about a bit about Natalie Wood. Now, uh, honestly, at the time she made the movie, she was one of the most bankable box office stars they were, there was. Mm-hmm. And shortly after she made this movie, she stopped making movies for about three years, mm-hmm. made a couple of movies, and then stopped making movies again for five years. She, uh, again, she was a child star. She, she was in movies as young, as younger than the age of nine. Miracle on 34th Street, she was nine. Um, she, in one of the early films she was in, nearly drowned oh. and uh, as a result had a lifelong fear of water.
1: Well, that's also which will foreshadowing. F- it is. It is <laughs> foreshadowing.
0: foreshadowing. It is foreshadowing. So she uh, was addicted to uh, pain pills mm-hmm. uh, and to other drugs as well. She was a uh, heavy smoker until she quit okay. at the age of 40. Uh, married robert wagner twice Mm -hmm. there are interesting there are um conflicting reports of why their marriage ended okay the first time uh according to him he caught her cheating on him with somebody else according to her or actually her family she caught him cheating on her with another man Mm. and uh basically supported the lie that she was cheating because it would have ruined his career okay. if it had come out. But in any case, uh, they they got back together and uh, they seem to have a happy marriage. Again, there are some interesting statements as to whether or not their marriage was in trouble at the time of her death. At the time of her death, they were on his boat. Mm -hmm. Once again, fear of water. Yep. And uh, she... In the middle of the night, apparently, mm-hmm. now there's a there is interestingly enough some question as far as whether or not it was foul play or not. Right, she apparently uh, had been drinking, mm-hmm. and in the middle of the night, she got up and fell off the boat yep. and drowned. So, her lifelong fear of water turned out to be well founded, yes. Uh, and she again, very tragic death. Uh, there is some speculation that since she was thinking of divorcing Robert Wagner that Robert Wagner might have pushed her off the boat there is no no actual proof that that's the case but you know uh her family tends to think that she it was not an accidental death that that something sinister took place with natalie wood
1: so it's not just a tragic early death because she was like 43
0: 42 or 43 yes
1: because this was like 80 81 81 when she died Mm -hmm. so yeah not just a a untimely death but a sinister
0: death a sinister death and she was uh very much trying to get back into acting at that point as i Mm -hmm. said she'd been for the better part of a decade really not in the public eye, which is interesting because, you know, uh, from a perspective of, a, of an actress, she was in the prime as far as getting good roles when she.
1: And, s- and right in that, like, particular three or four years, there were a lot of, like, really choice roles for actresses over uh-huh. 40. Um, there were some really fun things happening with old Hollywood actresses coming back mm-hmm. and doing a lot of TV and uh, some uh, some films. So,
0: so, it's, it's
1: so sad that we were robbed of...
0: We may have lost a lot of really good Natalie Wood performances because she was, again, uh, I mean, you watch this movie and clearly she had great comedic Mm-hmm. Ability, But if you watch some of her other films, she was also uh, really dramatically gifted. Uh, we don't know how good a singer she was. Pretty much all her singing is dubbed, right. except for when she sang My Country, Tis of Thee, which I wouldn't say was a big seller <laughs> as far as her singing voice. Although I feel that, again, you know, it's interesting when you watch somebody sing and she was clearly singing in character. Yeah. Um, and you're like, well, I don't know what this says about whether or not she can sing. What it says is she can sing poorly as this character, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean she can't sing well. Could the role require it? Right. Um, or, you
1: know, perhaps she sings best when there's a little yellow bouncing
0: ball. Perhaps Brad, that wasn't her. (sighs) Yeah. I'm sorry to say. Uh That but was there dubbed. was a yellow bouncing ball. There was a yellow bouncing From ball.
1: All the lyrics, it like it just like just left. It left <laughs> us adrift <laughs> midway through the song. It's like, where did my bouncing ball go? Now I can't, I can't sing along now. Not that I did, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's my first time through the movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So what else? We've covered most of the actors. We've talked a little bit about uh, Jack Lemmon uh, in other films as well. But Mm -hmm. Jack Lemmon uh, was the first actor Mm -hmm. ever to receive an Academy Award for Supporting Actor and Lead Actor. He is not the only one. Since then, he has been joined by others, but he was the first. He got a Supporting Actor Oscar for Mr. Roberts.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a fun yeah. I haven't seen that since I was a kid.
0: With Henry Fonda. Yeah. And he got uh the lead actor Oscar. I'm just pulling this up so we can we can all know. It's for, it? for well, it's for a movie that, that it's like you know so often these like really good actors, yeah. It's never their, their best or most most remembered role. Yeah, it's like a long day's journey into night or something. Yeah like that. uh that they win for. He won for Save the Tiger, which of oh, course is a wow. film lots of people have heard from, heard yeah. of. No. Uh, (laughs) um, He uh, is—and it's interesting watching this film where he's got his—you know, the Prince character is always calling for Brandy. Uh, He was an alcoholic uh, who uh, admitted—was one of the few actors in Hollywood who uh, actually admitted to being an alcoholic, Mm -hmm. um, but I believe was already dry by the time this this film was being made— So uh, he, st- and I believe Save the Tiger did actually have something to do with a character who is an alcoholic, which oh, was something.
1: So so maybe it's his Lost Weekend.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The equivalent of his Lost Weekend. Days of Wine and Roses, which was another mm-hmm. movie in which he played an alcoholic yep. and was also nominated <laughs> for Best Actor. He yep. was nominated for The Apartment Uh, He was nominated for Some Like It Hot. Which is great. Yeah. And and, and he is great in all of these films. Um, He was nominated Best Actor in China Syndrome. Yeah. Which is another really, really good movie. So... You know, Jack Lemmon is kind of uh, royalty, and he was he was making good movies mm-hmm. re- basically right up until he passed away, yeah. you know, because he was—the grumpy old men films, uh, especially the first one, is Which a we good— probably watch. We should at some point, just and, because we make and, this podcast in Minnesota.
1: And pair it with the odd couple.
0: Mmm. Mm-hmm. Jack yes. Lemmon and Walter Matthau, indeed. Mm-hmm. So— uh, and uh that was near the end of his career, but he still was making movies he was uh Glengarry glenn ross yes, was late in his career um you know, and he uh he kind of was well known up until the end tony Curtis uh was in tons of really great films as well yep a very well respected actor as i mentioned he was um what do we wanna say a rock on tour yes, i don't i was. He he, uh, he got around is another way of putting it. Um,
1: Dear listeners, look up Sweet Smell of Success, which is a noir drama which Tony Curtis is in. It's mm-hmm. fantastic.
0: Yeah, he was also in Spartacus. Yep. Uh,
1: uh, he seems kind of out of place in Spartacus.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I love Spartacus, but his, his accent does not belong in that
0: movie. <laughs> 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 yeah he was nominated for one oscar himself he was also in some like it hot yep we should point out uh he was nominated now, for that's best
1: a, that's a movie we should watch for this podcast. we
0: should he was nominated for best actor in the defiant ones
1: very good movie
0: mm-hmm. uh, very good movie yeah so you know again uh lemon and, and curtis well-known natalie wood uh, at the time was very, very well known and then sort of faded a little bit. Peter Falk, from here, uh, he went on to be in Columbo, Yep, where a lot of people knew him from. But mm-hmm. again, continued to be in movies. We saw him in The Princess Bride mm-hmm. uh, and made movies until fairly late in his life. He passed away uh, not too horribly long ago. I want to
1: say it was like the early two thousands. He passed away.
0: I think so. He he passed. He had Alzheimer's. Yeah, and, and he hadn't worked for a while. Yeah, because there comes a point where you really can't. Mm-hmm. Um, when that is, what, what you're what you're dealing with. Twenty eleven was when oh, he passed wow. away. More so more recent than I thought. Yeah, more he, recent. He
1: outlasted Blake Edwards.
0: He did. By he did car. outlast Blake Edwards. So, uh, and was working. Up until 2009 is his last credit. Oh wow! So, yeah, yeah he did. He he. They, they all uh, they all did pretty well. And Blake Edwards again um, was around for a very long time. Let me just see what his last film was.
1: I feel like I should know what it is.
0: Don't you though? Yeah, right. Don't you though?
1: I don't have my phone in front of me. I feel adrift.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I've got to do all this work for you. Um, He did the TV movie of Victor Victoria in 1995, Son of the Pink Panther, 1993, with his, his last film, which was not his best.
1: No. No, 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 no.
0: Not his best. He did a lot of Pink Panther movies.
1: He did. And they decline in quality a lot. Sadly.
0: Sadly, indeed. It's like the
1: first two I remember being the best ones. Shot in the dark is brilliant.
0: Oh yeah, the first one is is really excellent. Mm-hmm. And after that, the Shot they... in the Dark
1: was the second one, wasn't it?
0: Uh maybe. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Um. Peter Sellers. We should
1: do Doctor Strangelove. Speaking of Peter Sellers and Keenan Wynn. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and he was married to Julie Andrews uh, from 1969 until his death. Okay. And they had two children. Uh, she wa- it was his second marriage. Okay. But nonetheless, uh, they were they were married for quite a long time. And in Hollywood standards, it's a success story. Yeah. So yeah, applause to Blake Edwards and Julie Andrews. Yeah. Bravo, bravo. On your, on your managing to stay together in Hollywood <laughs> at a time where nobody stayed together in Hollywood.
1: Oh, oh, oh! And in the movie. Uh, the Baron was played by Ross Martin, uh-huh. who was the, he was the, wasn't he the bad guy in Wild Wild West, the TV series? He may well have been. I think he Should was. Should we check? Yeah, I think so. I think so.
0: Not the movie. Actor, the Wild Wild West is what I'm seeing right now.
1: Awesome.
0: Yep, that's definitely him.
1: Yay! Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Score one for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Artemis Gordon. Yep. So there you go. Congratulations. You spotted it.
1: <laughs> Though that the uh, the fencing fights are kind of like, OK, so I've been watching a lot of martial arts movies. <laughs> and last night I was watching Legendary Weapons of China, which was Shaw Brothers 1982 uh, with uh, with Gordon Liu and a whole bunch bunch of the best people who worked for Shaw Brothers, um, just nonstop fight scenes, and they're amazing. And then, of course, you know, I watch this and the next day, I go, God, white people are so slow. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: and it's, this is
1: nothing like the Shaw Brothers movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, an interesting thing about that, uh, Tony Curtis, he does this funny little two-step, yeah. which was one of his signature moves Yeah, when he did fencing in films. Mm-hmm. He would do that funny little two-step thing which i imagine is really not a good idea but it looks cool
1: yeah yeah something um, like that looks, looks kind of flashy when
0: yeah when you film it
1: when you don't have real spectacular
0: choreography <laughs> <laughs> um so we are getting close we are getting up to uh, final thoughts mm-hmm. so uh, melissa what do you think what's your final thought
1: i appreciate the blanket party
0: the blanket part. <laughs> <Like the, laughs> I mean
1: that 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 is the world's best argument to drink. Okay, you put antifreeze in cars to keep it from freezing. Well, here's some champagne. Oh, okay. That I'm gonna use that all winter now.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that I love that. I love. I still. I, I love Jack Lemon as the Prince. And I guess my final words will be banish, banish, banish,
0: <laughs> <laughs> banish, 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 banish. King, 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 I'm going to be king. Um, If you want to look for a subtle moment that I uh, enjoy in this film... Uh, and there are many of them but we talked about Natalie Wood a lot and her being a good actress so one of my favorite moments is that that blanket scene mm-hmm. the next morning when it is very clear that her character has had too much to drink <laughs> yes with putting the snow on her forehead. on her forehead and 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 she gra- at one point she grabs smelling salts yes. and just waves them under her nose very subtly mm-hmm. and even though she's in the front of the frame she's doing it all just really quietly and carefully while all the this craziness with professor fate shouting in the background and everything like that. Oh, okay. It's its one of those moments where you're just like, dang, Natalie Wood was good at what she did. It, it's um,
1: really fun <clears throat> to watch her when she's not the focus of the scene mm-hmm. because like in, uh, when they're in the prison cell, there's stuff happening on the left side of the screen. On the right side of the screen is Natalie Wood with her little dropper of perfume, dripping it onto the bed. She's sitting. on.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, she's always
1: the the movie is just loaded with stuff like that.
0: She's always doing stuff and you're all if you watch her in a scene where she's not the focus, it's it's almost another movie.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's not like she's trying to
0: distract from the no, movie. No, she's style. not she's stealing just, focus. She's just playing her character mm-hmm. really well. Really really well. So, uh, that's The Great Race and we thought from here we should go on to another movie about People driving, yeah. but maybe raise the stakes a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's you know, because do the stakes in this film, while important to the characters, might be a little bit low. Right. So we're going to watch. And,
1: and there's not enough crashing for my
0: taste. Not enough crashing for your taste? Well, I think we can up the crash factor. We're going to do Mad Max Fury Road.
1: Yes. Dear listeners, I named all three of my dogs after Mad Max.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Mad Mad Max Fury Road is up next. I hope you'll join us for that. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee, dee.